More Bikes. Morebikes.co.uk. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest More Bikes uh, podcast. I'm Tony, the editor, and this is my second one as editor of More Bikes and the app and Motorcycle Monthly. And alongside me, showing off with what you do. Alongside me, as ever, chipping in with comments that aren't appreciated or wanted (laughs) is Carly. Um, our Carly, Carly Ann Smith. Um, and really, the reason I'm leading it this time, rather than you, Carlster, is because you have just got back from a world launch on the Honda Forza, so we thought we'd chat about that and a few other things. Um, but as usual, this is going to be a rambling mess, uh, led by me, fueled by crisps, and Carly, fueled by, uh, what are we on today? It's a Ginster's Buffet Bar. Buffet Bar on a cheese and pickle sandwich. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. If you don't know what a Ginster's Buffet Bar is, go and check them oh. out at your local petrol station. They are a road tester's delight. But they'll all sell out now. You just told everyone our secret. Damn it. <laughs> don't go and get them, leave them for us. Buy the Buffet Bar. Um, right, so, yeah, Carly, you've just got back from the Forza launch. For the people who don't know what a Honda Forza is, let's start with the basics. Tell us what the bike is. Okay, well, the Honda Forza 125 is uh, obviously a 125cc scooter, um, and it's basically what they did, what they were aiming for is a, a grand touring scooter combined, so all the luxury, all the space, storage space, and comfort combined with the sporty agility of smaller capacity models. Right, grand tourer scooters. For people who aren't aware of what grand tourer scooter is, so basically your maxi scooters. So you've got plenty of under seat storage. Essentially, scooters that you'd want to go quite a long way on, so you can put your feet out forwards yeah. instead of just being flat on the footboards. Yeah, um, yeah. Sort of in the vein of like something like a T Max or a Bergman. Yeah, people exactly. in the bigger size, like Bergman six fifties, executives, etc. Yes. Okay, right, cool. So, uh, first impressions, then. What do you think of it? Now you've just got back. Where were you? Where did you go? I got to go to Nice and East in <laughs> France. Nice and East. Uh, where did you ride to on the launch? Because um, launches, we should explain, shouldn't we? The yeah. launches are usually a route. So you, you arrive at a place, you, you get on the bike, you get your briefing from the engineers, who are all, they're all very happy with what they've just produced, and then you ride a route. So where did you go to and from? So our route took us from Nice, um, and we were lucky enough to go to Monaco. So we actually got to ride around the F1 track in Monaco. Although, Tough life. <laughs> although I didn't really get to see that much of it, because I thought I'd be able to look around. Um, but I was too busy trying not to crash into the back of the, <laughs> the photographer on his scooter. But no, the pictures look good. Okay, well, great. That is true. I mean, our job, it's just the one thing you have to do is come back with decent shots. Yeah. But show me you didn't get to see much of Monaco in terms of a tourist, but you weren't there for that. You were there to test it. There to work. There to work hard. Okay, well, we call it work. Obviously, it's not digging a ditch, so let's not over egg the pudding. We uh, we have a pretty decent life of it when we're on these jobs. It is busy, though. It is. This launch was absolutely planned within inches of perfection. It's a Honda launch. It was absolutely just... It was jam-packed. So we arrived at the airport, we got the transfer bus to the hotel, and then they were like, the presentation's in 10 minutes. So we just got off a plane, so it was run upstairs, get all your riding kit on, and then we had the presentation. So obviously where the guys from Honda Europe were telling us all about the bike and the concept behind it. And to be honest, that's a really vital part of the launch, in the sense that you kind of get given all the information that you'll need for your review. Um, And I tend to use the information that you've been given at the presentation and then when I'm riding a scooter, I can say, right, okay, they wanted it to be like this. Have they achieved it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a vital part. Um, and then straight after the presentation, we went out and did some nighttime 
photos and also some video tracking. The nighttime pictures have come out really, really well. They look really cool. Nighttime is quite an unusual thing on the launch, isn't it? Yeah, you usually have the presentation and then kind of go out for dinner or that kind of thing. But to have the nighttime shots was quite cool because it was something a bit different. Plus the lights on the front of the scooter, they look really cool. So, so I'm the worm, sorry, I'm choking on a cheese, cheesy puff. Cheesy puff. <laughs> Shut up. I'm going to have another one now. I like cheesy puffs. Well, that's um, your question first. <laughs> Yeah, I should have done that first on before I feel the cheesy puff. Um, I'd tell These you podcasts to are going to be responsible for us like putting about three stone of weight on. Yeah, been there, done that. So we were nighttime photo shoot on a dual carriageway, busy France rush hour. Yeah, no, so I'd tell you what no. I'd tell you. No, I can't remember what, what the hell I was going to ask you. Then. Uh, anyway, let's 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 skip over what everyone's going to ask you. It's bound to be funny um, <laughs> about the nighttime. Let's just assume I've said something delightfully entertaining. Yeah. The following day, when you got to ride the bike, tell us about the bike. How does it feel? What did you like? <clears throat> you know, all that sort of malarkey. Give us some spec on it. You said there's one two five, right? Yes. So what's, it's the, what's the unique thing about this bike? Why would anybody want to go and buy? The reason we're talking about the Forza, I really should explain, is that the Forza, believe it or not, is a really popular bike. Yeah. Really popular scooter, and in terms of the UK market, absolutely shifts loads of them. Mm-hmm. The Honda, and because it's a because it's more a grand like it's a grand tourist style scooter, it's not the little genuine uh, general commuter run around cheap, you know Chinese almost disposable bike. This is quite a different take on it, isn't it? Yeah, it's basically it's got the the same liquid core four stroke engine in as the SH, uh, and also the PCX, which Honda scooter fans will know of. But it's actually got I think the stat was sixty percent new parts in the engine in comparison to the other ones it shares other stuff like the idle stop technology so basically there's a switch on the handlebar and it's it's essentially like stop start technology in a car so if the engine's been on idle three seconds and the brakes are applied then the engine will cut out to save petrol Um, I think it's called enhanced smart something technologies oh god (laughs) another name that a company's come up with so they've got a cool tag for it yeah but basically, it's been it's it what they want it to be economical, and it is. I think they quoted 123 miles per gallon. Right. We weren't taking it steady on the launch, as you don't, because you want to test out the yeah the bike. Um, and I got I think it was 113, and we were going up some like the well, the guide rider was on an Integra, and it was staying with it behind. Really? Yeah. So engine wise, this thing will pick up and, and go. Yeah, and on the way back, we went on the motorway. And it'll happily sit at 70. 70 mile an hour, and you've got on a 113. I mean, if they're being a bit careful to get those figures of 123. Yeah, yeah 123. miles to the gallon. But it's That's brilliant. Incredible. There's drive whenever you want it. It's it's happy on, like, we were obviously filtering because the traffic in Monaco was, was <laughs> mental. Yeah. Um, so we were filtering. It's it, To be honest, they've done what they set out to achieve in making a comfortable, comfortable scooter with plenty of grunt, but it's still got the agility. I think they were saying about um, that it was it was designed, and I spoke to the the lead project, the large project leader, LPL as they're known, um, and he was saying that what they one of the most important things to them was to make a scooter that was for commuters, but for those who lived in the suburbs. So they took into account the fact that it needed high speed stability and plenty of go in it because they realised that not everybody who worked and commuted in the city lived in the city. Okay, but I think that's quite good because a lot of companies go. 
oh, we've made a commuting bike or scooter. And they forget about, obviously, people living outside of the town. Yeah, yeah, we want need... some performance. Exactly. So how much is this bike going to cost? Have you got a price? Uh, UK price, roughly, roughish? We think, and I may have heard rumours and overheard a European price and translated it into pounds, oh. um, <laughs> detective work, it's going to be about £4,000. Okay. In which case, for what it is, makes it really competitive. And I know this we're talking to uh, Andy Gillard, who's the editor of Scooter Magazine, yep. part of the uh, Morton's titles, and uh, Andy and I go back a long way, and we talk, we've talked a lot recently about scooter prices. He's telling me that scooters are good scooters, I'm not saying this is a good scooter, but it certainly sounds like it. From Honda, you're going to expect it to go on first push of the button for years to come. Um, but they retain their value really well as well. So four grand for that. I'll tell you what, four grand for that, 70 miles, let's, let's assume 70 mile an hour, right? Comfortable, mm-hmm. say. 130 miles to the gallon. Yeah. Four grand mm-hmm. from that. What's the weather protection like? What was the weather protection like? Was it good? I mean, does it feel like a decent fairing, decent screen? It's, they've done a lot of work in the wind tunnel, so they've worked on how the air moves into and around the scooter. So there's now a six-stage six adjustable windscreen, which can be moved with a gloved hand on the move. <laughs> did you do that? I did. I tried it out. My technique was slightly, <laughs> slightly wrong at first. Apparently, you don't kind of just, like, brag it. You have to... But, but no, it was really good. Okay, so end. decent weather protection, decent weather protection, four grand ish. Storage space, can ah, I just yeah, say? Storage space, because you, you, uh, you put an update on Facebook about the storage did. space, didn't you? I was so pleasantly surprised about storage space. Often when manufacturers say, oh, you can fit a full face helmet under the seat, you can't. They've found quite a, a relatively small full face helmet, yeah. rammed it in there for pictures, and it's fit. But this one, I think the capacity is 48 litres. And it's it just swallowed up like two helmets. Well, it was you've, been, you've been two showies in the helmet bags, didn't you? Uh, yeah, well, I put my showy helmet bag in Sorry, and then my showy right, helmet okay. in the front. Yeah, yeah, right. um, and it fit in fine. And there's a little glove box on the front yeah. with a 12-volt socket. Um, and that can fit in your mobile phone. It's just the high level of finish on it. It was just... Well, the reason, the reason that I'm sort of highlighting all these points and going back to things like MPG, price weather protection decent capacity um, uh, for storage you say the 12 volt uh, socket why would anybody and if anybody's listening to this can explain to me well hopefully some people are listening to this okay yeah, yeah. all four of you listening to this maybe if Mom you go included. yeah hello um, maybe if you all go out for a drink together you can work this out and tell me the answer why would anybody pay I think average is out of that five grand around the UK. <clears throat> five grand for a train pass for mm-hmm. a year. So you spend, let's say, an hour of misery in a steel <laughs> tube with some bloke called Nigel with sweaty pits. Yeah. Who's angry about working in a dull office in the middle of the city. Yeah. For what isn't a very good salary at the end of the day. And then do it on the way home as well. Why would anybody do that? Because you can write this is a one, two, five. <clears throat> yeah. Comfortable, mm-hmm. quick got good MPG, yeah. got good storage, you charge your mobile phone, you and I both know, and a lot of people who ride sort of professionally now have good Bluetooth systems in their helmets, Yeah, we can take and make calls on the move, and we do, mm-hmm. uh, we can listen to whatever music we want, <coughs> and we do, why on earth would anybody go for the train option? I don't know, <laughs> I mean, it's, in a word. But, the, but this, this scooter here sums yeah. up where we are as a... As a a way of life, a manufacturing process, you know, that type of way of life. Listen to me throwing a Suzuki catchphrase in when I'm talking about a Honda. Own the racetrack. That was another Suzuki one. 
Remember that from Eurosport? Ready to Race. Ready to Race. Yeah, Ready to Race is KTM. I love that one. Yeah, do you? Yeah, because it pops up on my long term every time I switch it on. Oh, good God. Do you remember Ride the Winds of Change? That was another Suzuki yeah, one. Yeah, it's a nice one. Yeah, Ride the Winds of Change. What the hell is that? Mean? <laughs> Someone um, probably got paid a lot to think of that. Yeah. It always sounds better when you're doing the Japanese accent. Don't. No, no, I won't. <laughs> I have a feeling I may offend people if I yeah, do. Yeah, Obviously, I don't want to offend anyone. Hey, I did learn some Japanese while I was out there. Oh, my goodness. Go on. I did. When I spoke to the uh, LPL... <sighs> Uh, Don't call him an LPL. The large project leader. Takawazi or whatever he was. Tomo Katsu. That's it, yeah. yeah. Uh, I also had my picture with him. He asked if he could have his picture with me next to the bike. I've seen the picture, he looks very miserable. (laughs) He does. (laughs) Maybe that's because I was like, hey, let's get a picture. But anyway, so I learned konnichiwa, just hello. Konnichiwa. And then um, I'm going to go out there and say it, could embarrass myself. Obrigado. Obrigado, thank you. That's thank you, yeah. No, and in Japanese. That's not. Well, that's what I got. (laughs) (laughs) He said you're welcome back, so I obviously. Anyway. Um, (laughs) Whenever I used to have to interview Keo, if Keo managed to get back onto the podium, I'm going to say it wrong now because I can't remember the last words correctly, and Keo would always correct me, so I'm going to say it wrong. But if Keo got back onto the podium, I always used to say to him, Shibaraku desuke, which means. Basically, um, at last, but mm. we used to use it as a bloody hell, it's been a long time. <laughs> and it, it's either Shibaku Desuke or Shibaku Desunai, and whatever I say, it would be wrong. But um, I think if you can learn a little bit of Japanese on these jobs, yeah. you get so much further with the engineers because yeah. they really appreciate the effort. Mm-hmm. And the lads are good, all the engineers can speak a bit of English, but there's always a translator kicking yeah. around or another engineer who speaks great English. And if you can, I mean, just, you know, I while everyone else brilliant. is sitting there. I was, yeah, I managed to get an interview with him um, at the mid-morning stop. So right. everybody else is kind of having their pictures taken, sitting out in the sunshine, and I was like, can I just grab a quick word, yeah, please? Just ask you three or four questions. Um, so yeah, it was good. It's always nice to speak to the guys who develop bikes like this, because I was, I was saying to him, he's worked um, on a lot of smaller capacity machines. <clears throat> and obviously, Honda do some great larger capacity bikes. Yeah. So I said to him, why do you want to work on the smaller bikes? What is it that appeals to you? And it was basically the complex user needs. Like there were so many different yeah, yeah, nuances, yeah. was the word used, um, within the smaller capacity machine. So there are the guys that use it out of utility, but then there are the other ones that use it for kind of a lifestyle choice. Yeah, absolutely. And, he, he, and he really enjoyed kind of coming up with things like that, which is cool. When you think a Fireblade is built to do one thing effectively, yeah. it can do other things, but it's built to do one thing. So that brief is a lot, a lot easier for them. I was mm-hmm. talking to um, Shigo Sata, who's one of the suspension guys. For Suzuki, he works on the GSXR projects. He also worked on the V-Strom 1000, which is why I think the V-Strom 1000 handles so well, because they had Sato on the project. Mm. And he said the same thing about adventure bikes. He likes working on adventure bikes because this isn't a bike that is meant yeah. to go fast, but if you can make it handle really well at the limit, <coughs> it's an extra string to his bow. So yeah. I think you're right, I think you're so right to identify that about those sorts of things. So behind the scenes then, come on, we're talking. Any gossip going on out there? What did you learn? There's always gossip on launches. Well, I'm a bit boring because I seem to go to bed a lot earlier than everybody else. I'm tired. <laughs> I like to be fresh for the next day. It was it was really good. I read yeah. an interesting magazine on the plane called World of Animals. World of Animals. Sounds got, like a testing, got, uh, testing thing. I got bantered about that, which was quite nice. Yeah. Um, but no, it was good. It was a it was a, it was a good, well organised launch, and for once, it didn't rain. I think it's my first launch in a year and a half. That hasn't been plagued by rain. So it didn't rain. Did anybody fall off? No. Nope. Blimey. 
I know. It's because you went there. Shut up. <laughs> That's so unfair of you. <laughs> As if you thought you were going to be able to say that without me saying. No, touch wood, nobody fell off. But it was, no, it was really good. Somebody did nearly run into the back of me, though. Oh, yeah. I won't name names. But um, somebody wasn't looking where they were going and accidentally tried out the ABS on the bike, which I'm assured is very good. Really? And the fact that the back of my bike wasn't hit with his <laughs> means yeah. that it was. Hello, Michael. It wasn't, um, it wasn't Michael. Oh, damn it. Wasn't it Michael? <laughs> no. Hello, Michael. Um, <laughs> right, so... Four's a thumbs up then, I'm guessing. You, Two I mean, you thumbs seem, up. You seem, yeah, you seem Do you know what was really good about it as well? It looked cool. Milk. Like, it looked like there was... It looked like a concept drawing, and they'd stuck to it. There were angular lines. The indicators weren't just plonked on the sides. They were integrated into the mirrors. Yeah. The colour choices were cool. It was just... And, like, I know it sounds really stupid, and people will probably laugh at me for saying this. <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. Um, basically, you know when you pop the fuel cap, mm. there was like dampening on the on the thing as it opened. Nice. But that is a nice attention to detail. It just shows you it's been engineered and thought through. And rather thought than, about. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But no, I really enjoyed that. Normal chocolate or fruit and nut? Can I have normal, please? I don't really like fruit and nut. I like whole nut, but I don't really like raisins and chocolate. It's fine, it's fine. Yeah, yeah I didn't realise you are that much of a freak. Right, okay, so... <laughs> Um, How long well, have you, you been away... now and you didn't know yeah, that? Yeah, that's very true. So you were away over the weekend. Did uh, did you see any amount of GP? No, I did see a few things on Facebook. Yes. Everybody was going mental. Yes, it was very, very good. Spoiler alert, if you don't know the results from that GP, I'll question that you don't because you know, you're listening to a podcast about bikes, so you're pretty much into bikes. Um, but spoiler alert, anyway, if you don't want to know what happened in my GP, blah, 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 about 30 seconds. Um, you, how many of these have you eaten? Because this pack is about a empty. thousand at the moment. Um, yeah, no GP. Mm-hmm. Rossi was getting boy. Aww. The boy is back, nine times world champion. He won. He stuck it to them. Him and Davizioso, and just just fantastic. Didn't Davizioso get pole? Yeah, I saw that. And um, and Rossi won. I can't believe it. What's Big question mark. Where is he? Proper struggling. At one point, Scott Redding was following him, and Scott Redding said that he learned his team learned some stuff about the data. Scott Redding finished thirteen. But the question over that one that a lot of people seem to have skipped over is that Pedrosa, surprise, surprise, now looks unsure about the next round mm-hmm. because he's suffering from arm pump, which in this day and age, in that level of MotoGP, is ridiculous. I did see something on the MotoGP website actually that said I can't carry on like this or something. And it was a picture of Pedroza like. Obviously, for the for the re- for the listeners of the podcast, they can't see the face that I just pulled. Imagine which makes that comment. <laughs> imagine imagine an otter not being happy with the urchin it's just found. <laughs> I don't like an otter. Well, that face you do. I look like more like a fox because I've got red hair and a pointy face. <laughs> 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 and I've scavenging bins for food. <laughs> yeah. And at night you make a really bad barking sound and you can't find your way home. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> or a mouse. So I've got sticky out ears. Yeah, you have got sticky out ears. They're very sticky actually. Look, Pedrosa. Pedrosa. Don't think of Obviously, Tony can say all these things because he looks perfect. Thank you. Not. 
Anyway, come on, Moe GP, we were doing so no, well. No, 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 what I was going to say was, Pedrosa... Dynamic insight. Pedrosa, in this day and age, to have a problem with arm pump is, is quite frankly, bloody ridiculous. And Swearing as well. Oh, <laughs> come on, we're bikers. As long as there's two words I don't say on here, I'm okay. Um, but we know about arm pump. The lads have been suffering from it since the mid-80s, mm-hmm. in 500 Grand Prix, then 250s. We know about arm pump, we know what it is. Blood rushes in, the muscle expands, you have a natural sheath layer around the muscles in the forearm. The sheath can't expand, the muscle expands up to the sheath, the blood rushes in and you lose feeling in your hands. We know exactly what it is. We also know, and we have known for a very long time, Carly, grow up. I said sheath. It's a proper <laughs> medical term. <laughs> he kept saying it. Go on, carry Nothing on. Nothing wrong with saying sheath. A sheath is a great word to use. Flange is another great <laughs> word to use. But if I use that word, you're just going to keep laughing. I'm really, I'm, I feel enlightened because so I never knew what arm pump was. <laughs> oh dear. Right, okay. Anyway. I think I'm still tired from the Yeah, launch. that's what it is, tired and emotional. Drunk. Emotional. I'm not. I don't even drink. But we know. <laughs> I'm a terrible journalist. But we, um, but we know this problem. We know there's the um, carpal tunnel syndrome. Uh, um, what's the word <laughs> Operation that they can have to get rid of it. <clears throat> and to have been in Grand Prix all this time... Pedrosa should not now, after the first race of the year, have been testing. He should not now turn around and go, oh, I'm not sure I can do the same yeah. Imagine if you'd spent all that money getting that bike ready for that rider. Mm. Imagine that. And then he turns around and says, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not been testing hurts. all winter. My arm hurts now. I, yeah. don't think, I don't think I can make it. What? <laughs> I like his accent. Yeah, well, don't think I can make it. That's actually how he speaks. People <laughs> think he's Spanish, but he's not. Um, Oh, I just think that's a ridiculous state of affairs. I'll tell you what, you know, if that, if that does happen, it really annoys me. I've been involved in racing for, for a long time. As a view car, we've both been involved in racing. You know, when you've got lads out there like Sam Lowe's and people like that, mm. for God's sake, put him on a decent bike. I mean, I know he's got a decent bike motor too and all that. I'm doing <coughs> that motor GP. I see Sam out there. He had a nightmare in Qatar. We won't even talk about it. Sam, seriously? Come on, boy. You know you're better than that. We all know you're better than that. But you've got rods like Sam out there, and then you've got Danny Pedro. Oh, I've got a bit of arm pump. Mm. Can't get out there. I just think it's ridiculous. You know, as, uh, you, know we, you and I have both worked for teams, mm-hmm. big profile teams, in the past in various racing championships. And uh, just ridiculous. I don't know any team boss who would tolerate that, actually. And I know he sells a lot of bikes because he's Spanish, but still. We'll have, see. we'll have to see, won't we? It's not they don't have another Spaniard in the team. Who they if can not, sell bikes I'll ring him up and say, Tony won't get arm pump, he'll be there. No, I get arm pump, but I'm just a, <laughs> I'm just a poxy tester, so I can pull off after 10 minutes. I don't think I've ever had arm pump in my life. Uh, so, we've got a week coming up. <laughs> we've got an interesting week coming up. What are you looking forward to? Not having fits with the keyboards. <laughs> oh god, I think it's all these e numbers. Um, well, it's Easter holidays, isn't it? Yeah. So I've got five days off in a row. Yeah. What the best thing about this job and the week coming up is that you've got five days off in a row. Best thing. <laughs> you gonna get riding or anything? You gonna get out? Oh Does yeah, definitely. Right. Well, we've got. Don't know if I've told you this, but this is about motorcycling. So <laughs> feel free to chip in with any motorcycling stories. <laughs> chatting about what I have planned for the Easter holidays. I don't think anybody gives a rat's ass what we have planned for the Easter holidays ourselves, but I think what they're interested in is motorcycle events. Yeah, so, 
Where is cycling then? Well, you motorcycle things that we're doing. I'm going to ride my bike. <laughs> on, Which is the? Yeah, so this year, all joking aside, I am lucky enough to have a KTM this year. So last year I ran the KTM Duke 390. Yep. Which I absolutely loved. I was absolutely gutted when that went back. Um, but I have heard, heard from the new owner, <laughs> who's very happy. Big shout out to you, Alan. Um, <laughs> and then, um, so this year I've got the RC390, which is basically the same engine, just sportier looks. So it's in, yeah, a bit more of a racy. Is the chassis yeah. that much different on it? Mm, I wouldn't like to say. It's sort of dressed. It's dressed differently. Isn't it? it yeah. looks like a little race bike. Full fairing. It's basically. I went on the the launch of the RC one two five. Yeah. So it's obviously that, but. With a big money. Yeah, but it's it's. I've loved it so far. It's been brilliant. I've used it for work a few times. Been on a ride out with my mum and some friends to Willingham Woods. What um, did your mum run? Uh, Ducati seven fifty S. Nice. She did used to have a Ducati Monster six hundred, and then got the seven fifty. I think 750 is way better than the 600. She absolutely loves it. She loves Ducatis, bless her. So you're going to wear William Woods? Yes. Is that like a biker haunt meet? Yeah, essentially it's kind of, uh, it's a picnic site, but there's like a big lay-by where everybody kind of lines their bikes up and there's a <clears throat> like a little shack that sells lollipops and burgers and tea. Lollipops. Lollipops Ice lollies. I had a calippo at the weekend. Oh my god, really? Yeah. We've reached this point of this podcast that we were talking about you having a, a calippo. Yeah, a calippo. <laughs> but no, it's it's good. It's always quite, it's not too far from where I live and there's some nice roads going that way. Hey, I'll tell you something that just, just occurred to me. This wasn't what I was going to ask you about the Forza launch. What was the kit you were riding in on the Forza launch? You got one of those new... Jacket? Yeah, what is that? Oh, don't you want to know what that is? That is from the Knox Studio Collection. That's it, the Knox it's Studio the wax, Collection. It's the wax jacket, and I have <laughs> I've not had it off since I got it. It's absolutely brilliant. It's like an... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, this is very they're going to have to edit this bit out. No, they won't. <laughs> They'll leave it in because we look like stupid asses. Oh, dear. Well, we sound like stupid asses. Right, so the Knox anyway, Studio Collection. The Knox Studio Collection is brilliant. I saw it at the NEC and I met up with April, who actually designed the collection. And it's like a new concept of motorcycle wear. So it's it's a, a modular collection. So you get... <clears throat> it's, oh, it's quite... I'm not explaining it very well because I'm still laughing. But basically, you wear an armoured shirt. Yeah. Um, there's the option to wear a quilted jacket for thermal, um, or there's a sports top as well, um, and then you put on the wax jacket over the top. So the wax jacket itself doesn't have any armour in it, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's kind of like modular, so you can pick and choose what you want. So on the launch that we've just been on, because <clears throat> the weather was really nice, I just wore the armoured shirt and then the wax jacket on top. Right, okay. And you're quite impressed with it, aren't you? Massively. I talk about it all the time. <laughs> I, show, but, I, mean, I show my jacket off to everybody. I, I just really like, especially for kind of the smaller capacity machines where people want... So when I come into work, I wear the armoured shirt underneath the main jacket and there's a zip that goes all the way up all the way up the side of the jacket and then under the arm as well and it makes the jacket a whole size bigger so you can fit your layers on underneath right, okay. but then if we had to go out for a meeting at lunchtime and we went in somebody's car because they came to pick us up I'd just zip the jacket back up pull the tabs in at the sides and then you've got a really nice fitted wax jacket hmm. it's got really deep pockets it's waterproof 
And again, it's the attention to detail with that, which is why I like it so much. Roughly, what's the price? Can you remember? Ballpark figure. I think for the full system that I've got, which is the armoured shirt, quilted jacket and the wax jacket, mm. it works out about 350-ish, I think. That's, that's not bad in no. today's market. I mean, it's quite a competitive price. I think I said in my review as well, which will be on morebikes.co.uk very soon. Because you'll um, put it up on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, I, I tend to use things as cost per wear. Probably a really girly way of looking at it. And it's how I justified buying a really expensive handbag once. But basically, if you if you pay... <laughs> I like yours. Yeah, if, you. if you pay £300 for three things that can all be used, you'd wear more... So, like, you wouldn't perhaps wear a textile jacket out to the pub with your friends that you wear on the bike. Yeah. This one you can. So it's, it's technically less cost per wear if you work it out like that. That's an awful way of thinking about buying stuff. It, might it justifies be. it to me. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> but it's the Knox Studio Collection, we should say that, yes. because I know you're very impressed with it. And I think it's quite an innovative mm-hmm. idea, and I think April's done a really good job. Mm. And uh, Knox, you know, I think as a British company, yep. um, they deserve a lot of support. And over yeah. the years, I, you know, we've gone completely off message here. This isn't anything that we even talked about talking about <laughs> before we started doing this podcast, but... You know, Knox is a good company, and I like mm-hmm. them a lot, and um, I think their efforts are really showing now. I mean, they've been good for years, don't get me wrong, but this latest sort of stuff they've done, mm. for me, they've taken that next step. Yeah, I think as well, it's, it's, quite, it's quite topical, because you, you've got the guys who ride the cafe racer bikes, and not everybody wants to look like they're wearing motorcycle gear. Weirdos. <laughs> Some people want to look as if they've, and it, it kind of. I, I just really like the concept of it. I think it's a really interesting and innovative way of looking at it, so that people are still protected, but they still look cool. Yeah. And I've it. had no end of compliments on that jacket since I got it, even a, th- a few threats to steal it. <laughs> I will do it as well when you turn it back. All right. Oh, last. Have you seen that um, Barry Sheen tribute that they showed on BBC Two? They showed it the other night. Have you seen it, Barry mm-hmm. Sheen? Vic from no. uh, Vic and Bob Jim Moore was out there no I haven't yeah. bloody awful absolutely oh. absolutely what I you were going to say it was really good what a load no there were brilliant bits in it yeah mostly the bits without Jim Moore in it I really like Jim Moore as Vic mm-hmm. Vic and Bob the most funniest thing on the world in, does on he the ride TV. bikes apparently oh. so um, I just thought it was rubbish they had all this fabulous documentary type stuff in there, mm. all the archive stuff. They spoke to um, Steph, they spoke to um, um, Maggie, they spoke to you know people who knew him. They had Stavros on there. It was brilliant. That bit was brilliant. And then you saw this wonderful archive stuff of the young Barry Sheen. And stuff, some of the stuff that we'd never seen before. And that was wonderful. And the programme was about an hour long. And if you sold up all of the <coughs> documentary stuff and the stuff where... Um, Jim Muir wasn't riding bikes or telling people how he loved bikes. Why that matters in a programme about Barry Sheen is beyond me, but anyway. Yeah, probably about half an hour of great archive stuff. And um, I've just, I just think it's such a waste, because Barry's story was incredible. You know, right from the very early days with Franco, his dad, and how he started racing and getting over and... Yeah, there's, there's, there's a clip, I don't know if it was in the show, I can't remember, but there's a great clip of him, a young Barry, he's probably about 17, 18, talking to a, a TV interviewer, and he's talking to her in English, blah, 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 blah. And this Italian rider comes past in the background, and Barry's there without a shirt on or anything, just really cool, achingly cool. 
And he comes back and he says something. This Italian rider goes past Barry. And Barry just stops the interview halfway through, turns around and shouts out to this guy, just in friendly conversation, but in fluent Italian. Mm. Brilliant. And he has a bit of a conversation in Italian, then comes back to this, this woman in it and goes, sorry about that. And you just look and you <laughs> think, cool, you think, you know, he was, let's say, 18. Mm. 18, fluent with this guy. He'd obviously picked up Italian really quickly. And you just think, oh, how yeah. cool was he? You know, they had the daytime crash in there. Yeah, and the crash at Silverstone. Oh, we hit, ah, uh, oh, Jack Middleberg's bike out there. And you just think, this, this is a great story that doesn't need dressing, mm. doesn't need the artifice of celebrity on it, you know? And I think all of that stuff, whoever decides that these programmes need a celebrity, then you're taking outside and beating with a blunt stick because n- it, because the subject matter is so good. Yeah, but no. almost do... The, it, the, we know it's good, but do... Do you know what I mean? People who aren't interested by it, would they see that and go, oh, it's Vic from Vic and Bob. I'll, I'll look at that. So it kind of opens it up. I understand that, but I wish somebody could actually show me the proof yeah. You know, show show the program. Do the program first. Yeah. Without Vic in it. Yeah. Without Jim Muir in it. Without any celebrity. I mean, I'm picking on Jim Muir, and that's a bit of a fact, really. Any of these programs without a celebrity in it. Yeah. Make two versions of it. One with them, one without. Mm-hmm. Show the first one on a certain day at a certain time, whichever time you pick, and then leave it 12 months, and then show it again with that celebrity. So it's the same program, just less archive <coughs> footage, less of an interesting story more about the celebrity getting to ride a bike around very slowly because they're part scared of it. No matter how much you tilt a camera angle, it never makes it look like a bike that's <laughs> lent over. And no matter how much you play Steppenwolf, born to be freaking wild, that's not what motorcycling is about. Yeah. Never has been, in my opinion. But show the two and then show me the viewing figures. And I bet there's not a lot of difference in it. And ultimately, if there isn't a lot of difference in it, you should do a programme that will give you so much more information and backstory. You've got such a brilliant character like Barry Sheen. Barry Sheen. Mm. And him, James Hunt, all those boys at the time. Why don't we see more of it? Why don't we see more of that on TV? You know? At the moment, we have a brilliant story being written, but I bet nobody's covering it in terms of television. I'm talking about Alan Sam. Yeah. Alex Lowe's and Sam Lowe's. <coughs> the identical twin yeah. brothers who have become champions in their own right. The, yeah. One day, they're going to end up racing in the same team again. <laughs> and then when, like, when they were little when we first met one team fives bless them but they're going to end up racing the same team on the, probably on the global stage yeah we're identical twins they both, won, they both won their championships in the same year as well didn't yeah, they yeah yeah absolutely unbelievable and then one of them moves up to world superbikes and the other one goes up to Moto2 yeah it's yeah they're unbelievable they really are they really are and whilst we're still on the subject of Sam and Al because I keep bringing it back to them I've known those kids since eight something like that and I still can't believe that Alex is the same one there, the two of them now. <laughs> I really can't. Alex used to be the crazy. We always used to call him the crazy in the paddock. You know, Sam was the one who was always pushing for him, staying calm. They've switched completely. I mean, I love them to pieces. Absolutely love Sam and Al to pieces. But, Jesus, I think Sam's now the crazy and Alex is the sensible one. It's unbelievable. 180 degrees the other way. It's mad to think what they've achieved at the age that they have. Because mm. they're like, they're a year younger than me. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. twenty nine. <gasps> oh, yeah, we all know that's not true. I don't no. look a day over twenty eight. <laughs> no, I mean they're twenty three now. Mm. So um, yeah, unbelievable. And they're going to go on to do bit, bigger and better things. And like I say, you know, where's the TV crew following them around to yeah. build this documentary up? 
because ultimately people will look back on them if they get the right coverage and the right push and promotion. Yeah. People look back at them and think, wow, you know, that was a unique experience. Never before. Identical twin brothers mm. doing what these two are doing. I mean, they cover it in the rugby and stuff, don't they? Because well, there was that family that had all the brothers in the, the rugby league and then one went to rugby union oh, and no, then he sorry. came back. I don't know about league. I'm a gentleman, so I'm only interested in union. But, um, yeah, the Underwoods in rugby yeah. union. But they always kind of follow brothers like that, don't they? But... Well. identical twins anyway look that's it uh, we're done with our lunch thank you very much for listening to this podcast um, I don't know about the rambling nature of it I don't know if that's what you I used think to. we're a bit giggly this time I wasn't giggly yeah you were never I'm professional <laughs> I can keep going through all of the giggles I can't I just giggle and then I did that silent <laughs> giggle thing you need to get your notes out because you need to tell people about stuff and you've written this oh, down yeah. on a piece of paper so get your notes out I've written so it right, down don't because don't I, worry, I will feel professional no one will know this right. is filling Okay, right, so we're now going to bring the podcast to an end, which means Carly has to say this stuff. Go! So, <laughs> for your daily dose of road cycling, please visit morebikes.co.uk. There you can sign up for our newsletter too. <laughs> yes? I like how I do it like a soap rabbit. No, no, you don't. I was thinking the emergency exits oh, are yeah. here, here, and here. Uh, please bear in mind that the nearest emergency exit might be behind you. Floor level lighting will guide you. <laughs> Can't you just tell I've got a place? But no, in all seriousness, check back next week as well for another podcast, yeah. if, you, if you want. If you can stand another podcast. Um, and then also, when's the app coming out, Tony? You've been working busy on that all day. Yeah, we've been working very busy on it all day. Uh, it should be out tomorrow, I believe, which is Tuesday, so probably by the time this goes up, yeah. uh, this podcast goes up. But have a look at the app, and it'll be out there. Uh, we've got on the app... Um, uh, the patent drawings, or a patent drawing, are Honda's new Africa Twin concept, which is very much like their true, true adventure thing that we saw last week at the shows. You might have seen it at the shows yourself. Um, very interesting. It shows us that they have a split air box goes uh, uh, goes either side of the headstock, which lets them sink the petrol tank lower. But they've still got a lot of ground clearance on it. The bike's very slim, they made 1,000 cc, they're going to call it the Africa Twin. This is all, nothing official from Honda about this, this is just what we've sort of cleaned. They're going to call it the Africa Twin, 1,000 cc, but apparently it's going to be quite a hard-edged off-roader. Um, so if you've ever ridden off-road, think about that, a real Africa Twin off-roader, very dakar um, But we've got patent drawings of it, so you can see that on the uh, app. We've also got the first images of the Yamaha XV950 our custom racer, which is like in a yard built um, phase. And that is really cool. cool. Really cool. They've done a really nice job on it. Yamaha definitely got their mojo back now. Um, you know, bikes going right to the top of the tree like the R1, all the way down to you know the MT range. You know, they've really got their, their mojo back. And they're reaping the rewards mm-hmm. in the sales now, you know, they, they are absolutely smashing. So have a look at that, and there's all of the sorts of things on there as well. But um, yeah, so Carly's done her professional bit. Yeah, we've mentioned website, podcast, app, newsletter, job done. Oh, like us on Facebook too, because that's always nice, because I always put just stupid pictures on from launches. There you go. Like us on Facebook, please. Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll come back next week and we'll ramble over lunch again for more podcasts. See you then. Bye. bikes.co.uk